0: We're talking about something on this episode i promise you we have never talked about quite in this way before so first question we're going to answer is quality over quantity how long can you or should you go and what happens to your body if you don't get enough yep you heard it here first folks We're talking about sleep. (laughs) And this is a conversation that is long overdue, especially for me who tends not to get enough of it. And we're talking to Dr. Angela Holiday bell She is truly a sleep ninja and she is breaking down her sleep schedule, how she fits it into her life by prioritizing sleep and how you can too. Our physical, mental, and emotional health is not just a want, it is a need for happy lives and prosperous businesses. Lift You Up is the podcast where we share inspiring health stories from business owners who are fulfilling their purpose to live their healthiest lives and helping you do the same. From former TV reporter to marketing entrepreneur and content creator, I care about sharing stories that matter and stories that connect us. I'm your host, Tamika Bickham, your health and wellness matchmaker. Well, today I am so excited to meet for the first time and also introduce all of you to Dr. Angela Holiday bell who has the best name (laughs) that I have ever heard. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you for being here. Um, A little more about you. You are a board-certified physician, a sleep coach and also a corporate wellness consultant. I'm sure so much more that I wanna, I'm excited to hear more about. Also your blog, which I think I read your sleep blog is one of the top 50 blogs on sleep that is out there. So you're really the right person to talk to about this topic that I am so excited to dive in more about.
1: Yeah, definitely. Listen, I love all things sleep. It really started with me, with my blog, just wanting to educate the masses about sleep, important sleep topics, how to get better sleep, sleep disorders. And then it just kind of took off from there.
0: I love that. So before we talk more about sleep itself, I want to know more about your personal story and how you became so interested in this topic. Yeah, so I always like to say I've had a long personal journey with sleep.
1: I'm someone who's always needed a lot of sleep, love to sleep, like me and sleep are like this. Um, until I went through residency training and really starting in medical school, but definitely in residency training, um, it became much harder to get sleep. Like sleep was, you know, harder and harder to come by. Um, and I went through a period of insomnia where it wasn't only that I didn't have time to sleep. Like as a resident, you work, you know, we work sometimes eighty hours a week, so there there just wasn't time. But also, it became a point where I had time, but I just could not sleep. Um, and that is one of the most frustrating feelings and experiences ever for anyone who has suffered from insomnia. You understand wanting and needing to sleep and just not being able to do it. Uh, and then I saw how much of a toll it was taking on my life mentally, physically, and my relationships. I just was not myself. And I was like, this is not going to work. Something has to change. Like I needed to yeah. do better. And so it started with my own deep dive into sleep. Like I knew that I liked sleep and sleep made me feel rested, but I was like, what can I do to fix this? And as I went through that journey, I started to explore more about just how important sleep is more than the surface level of just like, oh, you're tired if you don't sleep. And I was like, yo, this is important like for health overall. Um, And I started to work in the sleep clinic in my uh, hospital. I I read pretty much every book there is on sleep, including the one written by the founder of the like sleep stages, sleep medicine. Um, And then I started to put practices into place that I learned and I saw how different I was and how it literally changed my life. And from that point on, I was like, okay, I need to help other people do this because sleep is so important. And I don't think that it is emphasized enough. Even as a physician, it comes up all the time in visits, but we don't have much training on really how to fix sleep issues, sleep problems. Um, and so it started with my blog, as I mentioned, and then as I saw that I was able to help more and more people, I decided to officially get certified as a clinical sleep specialist. Um, and then I started my consultation business, the solution is sleep, doing individualized sleep consultations. And now I work with corporations as well on a whole to improve uh, company sleep. And it's been going from there and it's something that I'm so passionate about. And I really enjoy.
0: I love that. So when did you start the blog? And like, when did this idea for your, you know, your own business around sleep start? Was this when you were in residency? So I started the blog my last year of residency. Right after I finished residency,
1: I took my uh, certification exam to become a board-certified pediatrician, and then I started immediately training to become a certified uh, sleep specialist. It's like within that same year, actually, I received the the certifications and then started my business right after that,
0: and it's been a few years since then. So, okay, so you weren't sleeping that much when you started writing about sleep. (laughs) (laughs) I, you know...
1: I wasn't, but I was in the process of improving that. So I had not been sleeping very much at all before I started writing about sleep. And once I started to get to the underlying issues and fix my sleep and really improve it, is when I was like, okay, I need to let everyone else know about this because I'm really seeing how this is benefiting my life. So I was I was on the mm. road to recovery once I started the blog.
0: Number one, I want to ask you when you say I love sleep, I love feeling rested. How much is that for you personally? Like how much sleep makes you feel your best?
1: I'm glad you asked that question because oftentimes it's an assumption about how much sleep you need, right? So people say, oh, seven to eight hours. And I always like to say sleep need is like shoe size. There is no one size fits all. The average need of an adult is seven to eight hours. Some people need a little less, some people need more. I personally need nine hours to be rested, like, I've done the experiments, I've tried less, I've tried more. So if I get seven hours of sleep, I'm cranky. I'm not my best self, like that doesn't cut it. I need nine hours and I prioritize getting nine hours of sleep pretty much every night, you know, barring something happening that's really my go-to is getting my nine hours.
0: Okay, so what does that mean? What time are you going to sleep? What time are you waking up? So I go to sleep at 10 and I wake up at seven. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, hey. That's awesome. (laughs) Because I've always felt like I'm someone who doesn't need as much sleep, even in in college when like I was the person I took 8 a.m. classes. Um, I didn't necessarily I I never slept in even as a kid. Um, And I'm I'm usually up between five, six o'clock, but I'm probably up until midnight. So I'm kind of a five, six hour a night person So this is interesting. Okay. So I'm going to ask some more personal questions, but I want to kind of frame it with like, do most Americans get enough sleep? Uh, no. (laughs) So if we, if we go
1: with a seven to eight hour, let's just say, you know, that's the average, uh, according to a CDC study that was put out a few years ago now, at least a third of individuals are actually getting less than that. So less than the seven hours. When you factor in many individuals who need more, like me, who need nine hours, I would say the average adult sleep need is actually seven to nine hours. We just kind of never include that nine. So many more people are getting (laughs) insufficient sleep. Um, And it's so bad, in fact, that it was deemed a public health epidemic, sleep insufficiency was, um, because there are so many people not getting enough sleep. That number increases every single year, and then there are so many potential downstream effects that... The CDC was finally like, oh, wait, this is a problem. And this is something we should highlight. A public
0: health epidemic. Wow. And I feel like people, we sometimes talk about sleep, but we really don't talk about it that much. And maybe it's because we live in this, I don't know, this society that cares so much about productivity and how much you're putting out and not as much about how much we are resting you've hit the nail on the head 100%. I think historically sleep has been looked at as
1: something that's lazy and I'll sleep when I die and I don't have time for that. And I have so much to do that it's kind of this thing that people are like, okay, you get it if you can, but if you can't, that's fine. Like you should do all these other things. I do think there's starting to be a turning of the ties as we, as a whole, kind of dive into wellness a little bit more, right? So people are looking more into nutrition and exercise and realizing that those are two very important things. Sleep is right there on the same level. The three pillars of health are sleep, nutrition, and exercise or physical activity. Um, and it's funny because we say things like, oh, I got to get stuff done and, you know, got to be productive. You're actually 30 to 40% more productive and efficient when you've gotten enough sleep than when you have not.
0: So how would somebody know how much sleep is enough for them? Is that right number for them?
1: Yeah. So I say sleep need is the amount of sleep that you need to have enough energy to complete your daily activities, functioning optimally without needing energy boosters like caffeine. And I say that because <laughs> people will say, oh yeah, I can get by off of five hours and oh, I can get by off of six hours, but are you functioning optimally? One thing amazing way to do that, that, you know, most people don't have the luxury of doing is I recommend people take what's called a sleepcation, like a vacation that is strictly for your sleep. There are even some hotels that have packages that are surrounding this. And You literally, mm. it would be ideal to have like a week or more, but if you have less than that, it's okay. And you go somewhere, you can even do it at home as long as there are not a lot of distractions. And you just allow your body to fall asleep when it falls asleep. You want to make it sleep conducive, keep the lights low, you know, no, no lights or sounds coming in the room and then allow your body to wake up at its natural time, too. So no alarms being set. The thing is, the first like three to four days, you're sleeping off sleep debt. So if you are constantly every day missing out on sleep, your body does try to make up for that. So you may sleep nine hours when really you only need seven. But by that fourth, fifth day. You're sleeping seven hours and your body will naturally fall into that rhythm and you need to take the time that you're falling asleep and waking up and then use that as your sleep.
0: That's great. So in order to kind of, if you can and have that luxury to do so, um, which, you know, hey, we could prioritize family vacations or going away for a week. Maybe we need to put in the schedule, hey, a sleepcation so I can really recalibrate and understand how much sleep my body needs. So, what do you think is the main reason that most people don't get enough sleep?
1: The number one reason is not prioritizing sleep. Put simply,
0: not prioritizing people
1: wake up and they they have all these things they have to do. And I get it, we live in you know a busy world and people have so many responsibilities and we have kids that add to it. And so there's so many things they're trying to do and they just leave sleep to whenever they can get it. So once I'm done with my activities and then I need some chill time and I'm gonna stay up and binge watch this show and then I'll try to fall asleep. And if that leaves five hours for, f- for sleep, that's what that leaves and, and that's it. The second thing though, so that's why the people who are just like not not having a sleep forward you know mindset. Um, for individuals who want to get more sleep but are not able to, the most common cause is really stress and anxiety. So like mm-hmm. workplace stress, you know, uh, social stress, things going on at home really interfere with sleep. And most people don't have a way to kind of unwind and um, effectively manage that stress in a way that allows their brain to embodies really to kind of calm down and transition from wakefulness to sleep.
0: Okay. So that period that you went through where you were dealing with insomnia, you wanted to sleep, but couldn't, what was the reason for you? Uh, stress for
1: sure. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It was stress because they were Because I'm someone who's always needed a lot of sleep, sleep has always been important to me. Um, I wouldn't say that I was prioritizing it the way that I do now, definitely not, but I took for granted my ability to sleep. So I had always been able to do it easily. So I didn't feel the need. I was like, well, when I need it, I'll get it. And if not, I won't. And then the stress of residency and everything that comes with that, I didn't have the tools in my toolbox to effectively manage that in a way that didn't cause that to spill over into my sleep life. And then once it did, I became less able to manage stress. And so I was more stressed and more anxious. And then I wasn't sleeping. And then it was more, and it was just a cycle that I had to learn to break.
0: Hmm. That's a question that I always have with people, professionals who have demanding positions, professions where, Hey, it's may, might be inevitable that you're working. Like if you're an ER physician, you're working very long shifts. You're not able to get that much sleep, how do those type of professionals who are working either long shifts or, you know, high, you know, 80 hour weeks, how do they prioritize sleep and build it more into their week?
1: Yeah, I would say it's really difficult. Like those are the most difficult situations that I would say are the minority of people have sleep struggles. Most people have, you know, your average hours, they may work more into their own time, but not just like 80 hours a week, which is crazy. But for me, it really was putting sleep at the top of my list as opposed to at the bottom so as a resident you know there are so many things that you don't get a chance to do that when you have the time to do it you're like okay like exercising which has always been important to me and something i still do I'm like i'm gonna do that i'm gonna have my social time to hang out with friends i'm gonna stay up and watch you know movies with my husband and things like that and i had to learn to scale those back and reframe those things in a way that still allowed me to get sleep and what i found was i was able to enjoy all of those things a lot more than I was when I was not getting sleep. When I was uh, you know, spending that time doing that, I wasn't even enjoying the time that I was awake because I was so tired and I was not motivated. And I was just really trying to get through the day. I was getting more things done during my work day. So I didn't have to complete notes at home because I was well rested. And so it really was a trade-off, but it was something that benefited me so much more that I was able to find a better balance for myself.
0: When I was a reporter here in Miami, I worked the morning shift, so I had to wake up at two in the morning and um, <laughs> start work at three. Um, and I could never get into a rhythm or a schedule with that. So I would fall like I would come back from work at one and I'd try my hardest to stay stay awake so that I could fall asleep around six or seven and have a full night's sleep. It never worked. I would fall asleep by two, wake up at six, so I would get four hours and And then I would wake up, have dinner, and then the anxiety would start because I'm like, oh no, I'm not going to be able to fall back asleep and I'm going to be awfully exhausted tomorrow. So I'd stay up until 10, fall asleep, wake up at 2. So I was doing kind of like two four-hour shifts and it was a horrible feeling for a year and a half. And I know some of the effects that I saw in my mood, in my weight. So I'm curious to hear from you. What are some of the top negative effects that people see from not having enough sleep?
1: Oh, man. So when you are chronically
0: not getting enough sleep, and I say chronically because
1: it actually sends your body into a stress state, the fight or flight state that some people uh, may have heard of, that increases your stress hormone, which is cortisol, and that leads to increased inflammation all throughout your body. And when you're chronically not getting sleep, that means your body is chronically in that state. And that's a very stressful state for your body to be in. So that leads to inflammation of your uh, blood vessels, which leads to high blood pressure, which leads to increased risk of heart disease, which leads to increased risk of diabetes. Um, You mentioned weight. So you actually are more likely to be obese when you don't get enough sleep, because there are two hormones that kind of control your appetite. One is called ghrelin, which is your hunger hormone, and one is called leptin, which is your full hormone. The hunger hormone is secreted in higher quantities when you're not getting enough sleep than when you're rested. Um, So you're literally Mm. hungrier. You are more likely to make poor food choices and eat more calorically dense foods. And I think it kind of makes sense, right? You're up for a longer time. So your body's like, well, I need more energy if I'm going to be up for, you know, 20 hours and uh, sleep for only four of them. Um, And then you, your metabolism actually slows down. So you're burning less calories. So it's like the perfect cycle, the perfect setup for obesity. You're also just less likely to get moving and to be active because you're so tired all the time one huge thing that i think is often overlooked is that insufficient sleep chronic insomnia is a huge risk factor for anxiety and depression studies have shown two to up to some studies say like five to six times increased risk of anxiety two to four times increased risk of Mm -hmm. depression if you have chronic insomnia um and you're overall like less motivated less efficient less productive so So, it's easier to say what sleep doesn't affect, which I don't even know, (laughs) than what it does. And what's also interesting is lack of sleep decreases your uh, immunity and your ability to fight off infection. So, I always cite a study that was done that that measured the sleep of individuals for one week. So, it just asked them to do a sleep log for how much sleep they were getting. And then it exposed them to the rhinovirus, which is a virus that causes a common cold. It put them in a controlled environment afterwards so that it can control all other factors and then watch them for over a week. And those who slept less than six hours the week prior to exposure were three times as likely to develop uh, symptoms of the rhinovirus and get a cold than those who had had enough sleep. And it makes sense because all of your uh, antibodies, your cytokines, your body's natural immunity, they do their thing at night. That's why when you are sick, you feel sleepy. You want to sleep all the time because your body's like, okay, we got this. This is how we thought. Our yeah. When you're chronically depriving yourself of that, you are putting yourself almost in an immunocompromised state because it doesn't have the conditions that it needs to increase that immunity. Right. So it's it's really, really significant, all the things that
0: are affected by sleep. So what can people do if they're like, hey, I'm not getting enough sleep or I might even be chronically, you know, sleep deprived and, you know, even starting to see some of those impacts. Are there good first steps to start taking?
1: The number one thing, and I've kind of touched on this a couple of times already, is literally prioritize sleep. The other thing is giving yourself the time to unwind and come down from the stress and stimulation and activity of the day to sleep. So I would say that was the biggest thing for me and what transformed my sleep because like you said, I I couldn't change my job situation, right? I was a resident, it's a stressful situation, you're gonna be working, you're taking care of people, like it's it's stressful. But what was not serving me was coming from that high level of stress and then coming home and doing those and then immediately getting into bed and expecting my brain to be like, okay, we sleep now. My brain was still functioning and firing and and worrying about things. And so I implemented a bedtime routine as simple as that. Like at nine, for me, my bedtime routine is an hour long. Everyone doesn't have to do it for an hour. If you can, I think that's the best thing to do. At nine, electronics are off, lights off, computer closed. I'm not answering a single email dim the lights, I play some relaxing music, I do my skincare routine, I read a devotional, some of a book, like I have a routine that one helps me to relax. So it helps me to take care of myself. This is the only part of the day that I feel like, okay, I'm giving back to myself. It helps me mm. to relax and my brain to unwind for the day. And what it also does is triggers my brain to say, oh, we're oh, we're dimming the lights or we're, we're turning on the music. Okay, this is what we do when we are sleeping. And it makes that such an easier and more efficient process to fall asleep. And there are actually things called uh, relaxation techniques that have been proven to trigger the relaxation response. So what that does is turns off your fight or flight response and turns on the part of your nervous system that literally slows your respiratory rate, slows your heart rate, decreases your blood pressure, all the things needed for you to fall asleep. And that tells your brain, oh, we're relaxed. We're actually good. And it's okay to fall asleep. I would say implementing that is one of the best things you can do to help yourself be able to follow.
0: This is me hearing from this from the outside and I could imagine some people might say, hey, it doesn't sound like you have any kids. I have kids, right? Like I, I, I personally don't, um, but I could imagine that might be the response, like that's not possible if you're a parent. Fair. I do not currently have children. I,
1: <laughs> I plan to, uh, you know, definitely. I have worked with a lot of individuals who do have children and absolutely being a parent adds a whole nother layer. And I completely understand. I'm also a pediatrician, so I I take care of kids and, and their parents and all those things. When I dig into sleep problems for parents, number one, they say, oh yeah, I, my kid has a bedtime routine. I make them turn and, you know, put their, we take a bath, they put on their pajamas, I read them a bedtime story, we have the lights off. I'm like, okay, so you do all that for your child, but not for yourself, that's first. They go to mm. sleep, okay, what do you do when they go to sleep? Oh, and then that's my me time, so I go and, you know, binge watch some Netflix, I have a glass of wine. So, like, you're doing things with that time, it's just not related to your sleep. And so I'm not saying that every single person has that luxury. What I'm saying is many people do have the time, but sleep is not a priority. So they're like, oh, this is my only time that I have to do all those other things. And then again, it comes down to that balance. Not everyone was a resident working 80 hours a week and, you know, suffering from sleep sleep, uh, insufficient sleep the way that I was, but I had to make decisions on what was actually important. Was it important for me to watch that extra show or was it more important for me to get sleep? And once I started to make sleep more important, it really changed my life. So it really is about finding that balance and really looking at your schedule and saying, okay, what do I have time to do? And and the same things that you do with your kids and making sure they have their routine and they're in bed every night, do that for yourself. Like there's a reason that we do that and you should try to implement it the best way you can. And it doesn't have to be an hour. It could be 20 minutes. Just having that routine and prioritizing it and making it something important in your life will help tremendously.
0: I love that. I want to ask briefly about insomnia um, and about um, those who do deal with that, who want the sleep, who are, I don't know, I guess everybody has different circumstances. I've had little bouts of it at different times, not talking about the, the news and the waking up early part, but just in kind of now life. And it, it will come on like maybe like one time a year where I have a month and a half period of time where I'm waking up consistently at two or three in the morning and it's a struggle, can't go back to sleep. Um, I guess there's different types of insomnia, whether people can't fall asleep or can't stay asleep. I I'm just interested to hear from you a little bit more on insomnia, why it happens and what people can do if they're finding themselves with insomnia. Absolutely. So chronic insomnia is different than
1: just not prioritizing sleep, not giving yourself enough time to sleep. This is when you're like, I've had people like, Hey, I give myself 10 hours to sleep and I sleep five. Of like I try and I cannot. Um, mm. And when it comes to chronic insomnia, there's generally like a snowball effect. What really happens is we, people, um, people engage in uh behaviors that perpetuate insomnia. so what that means is let's say you're getting into bed and it's been an hour two hours and you can't fall asleep and you're in bed and you mentioned something earlier that is so true you're like anxious and stressed out, out right because you're like i can't go through another night i'm not sleeping i'm gonna be so exhausted tomorrow it's gonna be a horrible mm-hmm. day and all that does it increases that heart rate and that respiratory rate and that fight or flight response, which is completely opposite of what you need to fall asleep. And you're doing it in your bed, the place that's <laughs> mixed for sleep for your brain to wind down. So what happens over time, especially when this goes on for a long time, is your brain now connects your bed with a place of worry and stress out and do everything but sleep. So it gets to a point that you have to break that cycle. You have to re-strengthen the connection and relationship between your bed and sleep. And there are different therapeutic techniques to do that. And I'll try to just kind of simply summarize them quickly. But one is stimulus control. So that's where the only thing you do in your bed is sleep in adult activities. Otherwise there's no talking on the phone, there's no email, there's no nothing in bed because you don't want your brain to guess what you're doing. When you you want to have such a strong connection that as soon as you get into your bed, your brain is like, oh, we're asleep. So everything else needs to stop. What that means is if you're in bed for longer than 15 to 20 minutes and you can't fall asleep, you should actually get up and out of your bed, go to a separate space, keep lights and everything low, but engage in some low stimulating relaxing activity until you feel sleepy again and then get back into bed. Because the more you try to sleep, the less you will be able to sleep, and the more you break that relationship between your bed and sleep. Once you're relaxed, you feel sleepy, get into the bed. Now your brain is saying, oh, this is where we we sleep. If we're not sleeping, we're not in the bed. The second thing is some people have to do what's called sleep restriction, and so that means the the common kind of thought and action when you can't sleep is spending more and more time in bed. So. I'm trying to sleep. I give myself 10 hours. I only sleep five of those hours. But again, you're diluting that relationship because what are you doing for those other five hours? You're not sleeping, so your brain is is disconnecting. So if you're only sleeping five hours, and there's a very there's a very controlled way to do this, but you give yourself five hours in bed, and then once you're sleeping those full five hours, then you push it out to five hours in let's say 30 minutes, and then once that's happening uh consistently then is six hours and then the seven hours what this does is gives your body your mind your circadian rhythm time to compress the sleep that you were getting as opposed to having it broken and then once you're focusing on your sleep quality which is actually more important than quantity which is how much sleep you get then you can slowly increase the amount of sleep that you're getting um which is something difficult to do by yourself which is why people like me and others sleep uh providers do what's called cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia
0: that kind of takes you through how to do that. But that is really how you break the cycle of chronic insomnia. Wow. I just learned so much and have 5 million other questions, but we're not going to go through all of them today. One of them I do want to ask though, is why do women have more of a chance of having insomnia than men?
1: You know it's just one of those lucky things we as women have again we uh we don't really know we think it's a hormonal thing so um many women may notice around a year period you have difficulty sleeping and there's a connection between uh, progesterone levels or so low progesterone levels and difficulty sleeping. So as women, you can have, you know, differences in those levels to begin with, for sure. As you age, those progesterone levels go down, but it is a sleep inducing hormone. And so when it's out of balance, it leads to
0: uh, more issues with insomnia. So it's just one of those unlucky things that we have to deal with. unfortunately. Gotcha. Oh, Amazing. Well, I definitely want to ask you a little bit more about how you work with your clients um, and and kind of who you work with, how you work with them, how you help.
1: Yeah, so I have different levels of services depending on the need. So all of my services start with just a quick consultation, clarity calls for me to assess, like, what are your needs? Are you someone who just isn't sure where to start, you haven't been having uh, sleep issues for a long time, but you know more recently, and you just need to get a good sleep um, plan in place. And for those, I do what's called a comprehensive sleep assessment and consultation. I do a questionnaire to start with that assesses your sleep schedule from weekdays to weekends and medications and supplements that we didn't even get into, but those things can all affect sleep Also assess for sleep disorders because there are actually medical sleep disorders that prevent you from getting good quality sleep. And until those are addressed, not much we do will help. And then you leave with an individualized sleep plan. So I say these are the things that I see that you're doing that are not helping your sleep or harming your sleep. These are the things I think you should do. We come up with a, uh, you know, sleep need, bedtime, rise time and other things that will help your sleep. And then you go on your way. I deal with a lot of people who have chronic insomnia. So more of the, you know, long-term sleep issues, they've tried all these things before and it hasn't helped. And that is where cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia comes in, which is really a therapeutic program that I provide. Um, and I, and I provide that in two different ways. I have an online course that takes, uh, uh, someone through the process, but in their own time, you know, they just go along with the course. It goes through, uh, sleep logs, all the same things that they would do in person, but it's without, uh, a consultation with me, you know, virtually, I guess. Um, And that lasts about five to six weeks, but you continue to put the practices into place after that. And then we have a one-on-one where I meet with them every single week. We go over sleep logs, we go over the therapeutic techniques that were covered. Um, And again, that lasts, depending on the need, five to six weeks. And then I also have corporate consultations where companies are like, hey, I know the sleep is important for productivity. We're losing money on people who are missing days of work or having increased accidents or you know uh, workplace conflicts because of sleep. And we just need you to help us understand why sleep is important. And then we go and we talk about you know the importance of sleep, the, the negative effects, and just some overarching ways to improve your sleep, kind of like we talked about today. But then I also offer a dream workshop which is more in-depth and really takes uh, people through how to craft their own um, individualized sleep plan and the five steps that are really, or I guess the five components that are really helpful for uh, good healthy sleep. And then if desired and if needed, I also offer one-on-one
0: consultations but more at a company level. So it's kind of like a group or one-on-one services. You made a point to say that the quality of sleep is actually more important than the quantity. Which is interesting because we've talked so much about the the amount of time and how to figure out what time is right for you um tell me more about quality (laughs) yeah so quality is the sleep continuity so
1: how much sleep you're getting in a period of time for instance you mentioned during your reporting days you were getting eight hours with like four hours one time for us at another time and you were not feeling rested because the amount of time we spend in each sleep stage changes throughout the night. So if you're not getting that full, you know, five sleep stages between the seven to nine hours that you need, you're not going through all the sleep stages in the amount of time that you need. So like deep sleep, REM sleep, all have different benefits on our sleep. Um, And so you want your sleep need to be given in a continuous amount of time. So getting seven hours of sleep, but when you slept for four hours and you woke up, you were up for an hour or two and then you slept another three hours, it's not going to be nearly as restful as let's say even five or six hours of continuous sleep. So it's when you're sleeping deeply enough to hit all of the stages and with the ratio and amounts you need as it changes throughout.
0: I ask all of our guests about a health tip, um, something actionable that the audience can take, um, but something that you practice in your own life each day that helps you show up as your your best, healthiest, and happiest self each day? (laughs) I I would love to say something different,
1: but (laughs) really prioritizing my sleep and understanding the importance of that in not only individual, like me as an individual, but the impact of that for me as a physician, for me as a wife, for me as a daughter, like I am better in all facets of my life when I'm well rested and getting good sleep. And so I want to charge people with thinking of it that way and really trying to prioritize sleep for yourself, for you to be your best self and fill your cup so that you can then give to all the other things that you do.
0: I'm curious, your, your family, your friends, your loved ones, like from being around you and learning from you, do, you, do all of them prioritize sleep too? it's it's funny it's a mix so for sure absolutely i have so
1: many people who have unfortunately also suffered from insomnia i've had family members go through my like consultations because they're like yo i need help and so definitely my husband hears about it all he's like okay i got to sleep um so yes i would say most of them have some of them are still like whatever you know i just have so much (laughs) to do and they're not on the train yet but i'm like i'm gonna keep bothering you until you get there but definitely if nothing else they know that i don't play about my sleep every once in a while you should enjoy life so there's an event cool. I may say up past my bedtime. We're going to have a good time, but that's like, you know, not very often. Everyone knows like, oh, it's nine o'clock. Angie has to go home and get ready for
0: bed. and like, yep. See you in the morning. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's so interesting, but that's awesome. You know what, you know what you need and what works best for your life, how you show up best each day and you prioritize it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and that's a general message for everyone. Like, Whatever is best for you, however it is you want to live your life, sleep or something else, you know, the goal, the dream you want to go after, prioritize it regardless of what everyone else wants to pull you into or distract you with, right? Exactly. Exactly. Because at the
1: then in the day is your life. what well, you know what makes you feel best. You know what makes you function at your best. Prioritize
0: that for to yourself. Wonderful. So tell everyone how they can connect with you, learn more about you, read the blog. I know you've got a lot of resources. Yeah, so I have my website, the solution is sleep.com.
1: Um, there I have my blog, like I said, covers a lot of uh, issues from how to improve your sleep, sleep disorders, sleep mental health, all those things, sleep and productivity. Feel free to read through those things. I also have my services listed on there. Um, I try to be like, Uh, entertaining, but educational at the same time on my social media. So you can follow me on Instagram at the sleep underscore MD same thing for TikTok, And then also find me on LinkedIn, Dr. Angela holiday bell. I might get to dive a little bit more in depth and it might be quite as entertaining on there. So any of those (laughs) platforms, and then, you know, I'm always open to emails, Angela, Angela bell at the solution to sleep.com. If you have questions about any of my services or uh, you know, consultations or anything like that, feel free to reach out.
0: That's amazing. This has been honestly one of the conversations in over 100 episodes of this podcast where I have learned the most. And you are obviously so knowledgeable. You are the ultimate sleep ninja. I appreciate you sharing your knowledge, your expertise, your personal experiences as well. So before we go, is there anything else that you wanted to add? Uh, no, first of all, thank you so
1: much for having me on the show. I think having conversations like this is really what leads to change. Um, and so I, I recommend people keep learning, keep trying to understand what works best for you, and don't hesitate to reach out. If you have a problem sleeping, reach out to your doctor, reach out to a
0: specialist, like
1: say something so that you can get the help you need.
0: Absolutely. And we'll definitely post all of your information, your resources below in the show notes as well, so everyone can find that easily. And I will be catching up with you as well, following all the updates and putting some of these tips you shared today into practice because I've got some work to do. (laughs) That's good. Thank you. Thank you so much everything that dr angela holiday bell shared in this episode certainly gave me a lot to sleep on and probably you too i hope you enjoyed it just as much as i did make sure you go below in the show notes check out her blog it's one of the top 50 blogs on sleep that's out there all of that information and her contact information is below as well so make sure you connect with her and hey connect with me if you haven't already i'd love to stay connected with you especially on linkedin instagram or make sure you also subscribe on youtube because that's where we release new episodes of this podcast every other week and i'd hate for you to miss out so until i see you back in two weeks because i know i'll see you then stay happy stay healthy